0: ever met up with your ex in the company of your new beau and had anything other than a horrendous time tony pulis has paul tisdale not so much high flying canaries top hatters and analysis so cutting it makes tyrone Mings studs seem like those scissors you used to get at primary school that couldn't cut butter this is the totally football league show Welcome again to the show that breaks down all things EFL. SJA award-nominated host Caroline Barker isn't here. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, not nominated for any awards as such, but my mum thinks I'm cool. I've got a panel with me today. First up, a man whose playing career spanned almost the entire alphabet, from Arsenal to Welling, with plenty of stops in between. It's Adrian Clark. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, Some very short stops as well. Were you ever
1: tempted to get a move to FC Zurich just so that you could <laughs> say you've done eight? Or eighteen sixty Munich? <laughs> <laughs> just go down the numbers route. No, I wasn't. And next, the only
0: legitimate Hall of Famer I know, a one club, sorry, a fourteen club man. It's only Sam Parkin. Morning, Matt Hayden. Very well, thank you. And finally, last, and in terms of Football League appearances, very much least, from William Hill, the incomparable Joe Crilly. Good morning. If you're new to this show, hiya, nice to have you on board. If you're a seasoned veteran, you'll have guessed that our first port of call is the Championship. Only one place we can start our round-up, to Elland Road, where Norwich moved back to the top of the table after a statement win, 3-1 against Leeds United. Michael Spryce tweeted us, at the Totally Show is the handle. He asks, as a Leeds fan, should I be worried? Four defeats in six now. Bielsa missed a trick by not playing Calvin Phillips in DM against Norwich. Clearly our best player earlier in the season, a barometer for the team. What do you think, Sam? It's been a couple of weeks we've been saying they don't need to be worried, but it's um, getting a bit worse.
2: Yeah, I think we slightly now yeah I'm going to be careful today because we've got a new producer and Jeremy's an ardent Leeds supporter so I'm feeling a little bit of tension in the room I don't want to go too hard on him, but yeah there's a few things um, that the Leeds fans are questioning I think that the Phillips one's an obvious thing given for sure was to blame certainly for one of the goals um, I think ailing has been coming in for a little bit of stick as well Shackleton would be an obvious one to do there Alioski at left back as well I think we Maybe to give them a little bit of hope, point to the return of Bamford and potentially Izzy Brown as well to give them that little bit more depth. But it is a concern, definitely. I wasn't a few weeks ago um, and maybe we have to put it into context that it was against Norwich who've got that phenomenal away record and are showing their real automatic credentials now. It's never been in doubt in my opinion. Um, I I think Adrian's with me on that as well. But yeah, a little bit of concern for Leeds. I think it's going to be... Really important that they bounce back against Middlesbrough.
0: Adrian, what did you make of Bielsa? We know his press conferences have been box mm. office all season, but naming his team in his pre-match press conference—if you were an opposition player
1: or manager—would that get you back up a bit? It wouldn't get my back up. I'd, I'd just be grateful, really, because it gives you the chance to prepare properly. You don't need to send a spy, um, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's that sorted. Um, th- that's why he's doing it. I think. I think it's almost again. It's a fallout from that and it backfired it made made him look a little bit silly didn't it if you are the Norwich manager you, you, it's got to be a little bit of a leg up there you can you can prep for it properly what I will say on Bielsa as well is I don't think he got the half time subs right it, it, it sort of backfired a bit there as well um, I'm, I'm not convinced about Alioski being the, mm. the long term left back I know that Douglas is just coming back but, but yeah no he, he had an off day Bielsa, or an off week, didn't he, really, with, with that decision to name the team and, and also with his decision-making during the game itself. I wasn't particularly impressed. Obviously, Leeds fans will be frustrated because all three goals came from turnovers, didn't they, inside the the Leeds United half and, and questions will be asked over the, the, the philosophy and the decision-making. But but, but I'd look beyond that and, and just say that it was an off day. And, and they came up against the Norwich team. They were utterly inspired. It was one of the most professional most outstanding team performances I've seen in a long long time Yeah we ought to give some praise to, to Norwich Sam haven't we because for as disappointing as Leeds
0: were they were terrific
2: They were yeah and they got a little bit of good fortune as well uh, with the deflection on the on the first and the, the third goals but yeah I think um, Jamal Lewis and Aaron's kind of typified the performance Lewis missed a few games early on in the month or, or last month and his energy getting up the left flank for the the third goal, the Vrancic goal, that sealed it, was was phenomenal. And I think puki just sets the tempo, you know, whenever you're playing in the side and you've got a forward who's got goals in him, but also works so hard for the team, the first line of that press. And I just think they're better all round on the ball. They've got more trust in each other's ability. Leeds look like they're under pressure when they're trying to play out. Norwich look like they've got an extra second on the ball. And I think that... I think that basically underlines that they're a better side, I well, think, currently very, and very throughout well,
1: the season. Very well coached, team. That's what you can see because these, these aren't superstar players but their their, their composure on the ball was just incredible. I thought all of them were brilliant. Varancic, obviously, exceptional on the day. Steperman, Hernandez, just so calm, really. And um, yet what's frightening for everyone else at the moment is that really, if you think about Norwich, it's a new team. It's a team in development. It's a team that... Um, didn't know one another a few months ago so what what are they capable of moving forwards we'll have to wait and see but but I'm super impressed with them
0: and if you look at their next three fixtures, Ipswich, Preston and Bolton, I mean, you can say, well, Ipswich is a derby, but Ipswich this season haven't offered up much opposition to anybody. Leeds travel to Middlesbrough. It's maybe a good opportunity for, for Norwich to, to put a bit of distance between themselves and Leeds.
2: Yeah, possibly. Although, yeah, Middlesbrough had the great victory, I'm sure, will come on to. But they have struggled at home. So Leeds will look at that one and probably play a different... Type of uh, football, given that Middlesbrough at home will probably have a bit more of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a derby, isn't it, for Norwich? So, uh, does it go out of the window? They've had, they've made a lot of changes, Ipswich, and they've got a lot of new players in there. But I can only see one outcome there. I think Norwich will be too strong at home.
0: All right, Bristol City, up into the playoff places after beating Swansea two 0 but that wasn't really the story here. um Eight hundred Swansea fans arrive early at Ashton Gate to cause trouble in protest at Chairman Hugh Jenkins, who subsequently resigned post match. Uh, the Guardian writer and Swansea fan Stuart James tweeted on Saturday. Didn't enjoy Ashton Gate today, trying to stop a seven-year-old from being scared about fighting in the stadium in the first half, then in the park afterwards. Perhaps it's my fault for taking a child to that sort of away game. Either way, crap day. Now, this follows controversial transfer window, which saw Boney, Montero and Tom Carroll leave, as well as deals for Leroy Fair and Daniel James fall apart last minute. Graham Potter... His name sung by supporters throughout the game. He's been working with, with at least one hand tied behind his back as they try and sell off his best players. Adrian, is it is it just as simple as a takeover gone wrong? Because they were a model club for <laughs> yeah. for so many. Well, years. Not
1: anymore, are they? Uh, it's amateurish. That's what it is. I thought the way they handled the the Daniel James situation was so poor, so poor on on the player himself. Just the courtesy of, of not picking up the phone, not 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 um, doing what they had to do to get that deal over the line just ignoring it burying their heads in the sand that's that's not on and i think that there should be some kind of repercussion really for them on the back of that um i don't know how you can punish them but it's bang out of order um now the americans are not not investing are they it's as simple as that they they're cutting their their cloth you just got to look at West Brom really and and the way that they approach relegation kept hold of most of their best players and have beefed it up big time haven't they in January and lo and behold with a new manager they're in the promotion race Swansea with the manager that they've got I believe would be in the promotion race had they had the same kind of attitude as West Brom it's, you can only hemorrhage so many players Uh A lot of credit has to go to Potter. I think they've blooded... or He's used more under-23s than anyone else in the Championship this this season in terms of minutes. That's brilliant. I think he's doing a fantastic job. The fans can recognise it. But the the ownership has been shambolic. Would you think, Sam, if you were Graham Potter, you'd already be
0: planning an exit strategy and thinking, well, these guys aren't going to give me any sort of backing. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're making my life more difficult than it needs to be. If he gets them to a reasonable mid-table finish this season... Then would he be within his rights to say, that's as good as I can do here. I've done all right. I put myself in the shop window in England.
2: It's a difficult one because of the way he's got his opportunity, having been abroad. Um, I think he'll be getting an enormous amount of plaudits for the work that he's doing. Um, is he in a real hurry to move on to a bigger club? I'm not so sure he He's proving that he's a good coach with what he's got at the moment um I was lucky enough to be there last week. You mocked me universally that I was in for a dud three three against birmingham and what I witnessed i've just been telling Adrian was a coach who probably played three different systems. He played Ollie McBurney as a number ten in the first half and Daniel James as the central striker ended up with Kyle Norton in central midfield. He's clearly someone who's coaching the players, making them really adaptable so they can play different roles. Thinking man's manager. I was really, they didn't get the result on the day, but I was really impressed with him. And the Swansea fans were obviously aware of this, singing his name the other day. But yeah, his hands are tied. He's doing a brilliant job. They've, they've brought in six players since last summer and they've let 16 go. And obviously, the quality isn't really there in depth. And I think that showed at the weekend because Fur was missing and Daniel James was obviously left out because his head wasn't right. And they were beaten quite convincingly by Bristol. So, He's doing a brilliant job. He strikes me as someone that could maybe see this through, Um, even though it's a really difficult spell with everything that's going on off the pitch. I'm not so sure. I think maybe his stock is growing.
0: And in terms of um, Hugh Jenkins, Adrian, he, one of those may be where if we wait a couple of years, his legacy will look different to how it looks now, which is basically he's left them in the brown stuff. Yeah. But if we look at it overall, he oversaw them rising to the Premier League, winning their first major piece of silverware and going into European football with some great managers, Brendan Rodgers, Roberto Martinez, <laughs> Michael Laudrup. You know, they're not getting anybody of that calibre any no, soon.
1: No, yeah, exactly. When you look at the bigger picture, he, he did a fabulous job. From, look, I played against Swansea when they were in the fourth tier. It was at the old Vetch field There was four or five thousand there. It, it, it's unrecognisable, the club, compared to where they were. This was back in the late nineties, so so no, the journey's been amazing. It's just the fact that yeah, the last the last few years, obviously, he's been involved in all of these d- decisions that have gone wrong, and um, there's been some ter- truly terrible appointments. You have to say, um, with Bradley being the probably the pick of the bunch, but um, but yeah. It, he's obviously had enough of it and uh, yeah the the relationship's so poisonous now it's best to walk away and it'll be interesting to see which which route Swansea go down here because the American owners i think the the perception down there in South Wales is that they don't really understand football so they desperately need someone who understands football to be working alongside Graham Potter and identifying targets I know that they he brought his guy in didn't he Graham Potter to re, as the head of recruitment I mean what po- pointless mm-hmm. role that's been really um so if they're, they're paying this guy they've got to give him some some funds to play with I think I think with a bit of money Swansea can can get back into the Premier League with with Graham Potter in time. As for Bristol
0: City, um, positive news for them. Andy Vyman broke a four-month goal drought. Uh, They do their first league double over Swansea in 90 years. As I say, move into the playoffs. Joe Crilly, what (laughs) odds could you give me on Bristol City getting promoted? This is kind of a a late thing. They've kind of come up on the rails quietly with with nobody paying much attention to them. And sometimes that can be the best way to go about it. But I'm guessing there's still an outside bet. Well...
3: No, uh, they kind of. We've been talking about the big teams all season. We've been talking about the likes in the last few weeks of, uh, of Hull, uh, who made the, a small push, and Stoke, who made a small push and then tailed off. And now it looks like Bristol City, the team with all the momentum, um, and behind the the big chunk of like the the big six in the division, uh, finishing at Derby there at four to one. Bristol City, the next side at seven to one, ahead of Aston Villa now at eight to one, and then there's a a big big gap then until Nottingham Forest at twenty. <sighs> oh well, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: West Brom two, Middlesbrough three. Um, I asked last week, Sam, if if Tony Pulis would troll Baggy's supporters by going all out, attacker and producing a thrilling <laughs> performance, and he sort of did.
2: I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they set up really well, obviously. And West Brom, since they made that switch, do have quite a bit more of the ball. But you know, with that back five that Tony Pulis can utilise, Shotton and Friend as the the, the backs or backs, you know, they have got such power and such organisational skills that it's difficult to break down. They had to rely, obviously, on Assambo Longa when he changed the system and and got the two centre-forwards on there, two outstanding finishes. For me, it's just about whether Middlesbrough can start scoring goals and putting teams to bed at the Riverside and whether West Brom can just tighten up a little bit defensively. That's going to be the big question for those two moving forward. I just... The Harvey Barnes thing just is niggling away at me. That and, and missing Phillips as well. And they're just a bit light. I know it's great to see young players getting an opportunity in, in Harper and Field, but mm-hmm. maybe they now they've made these new recruits. Um I think Murphy could potentially come in and do that driving. I don't know if he could play deeper, but certainly Montero's another option in that. In that front three, Livermore to come back in maybe. There's a few changes I think Darren Moore yeah. can make just to arrest this little slide defensively that they seem to be on.
1: I think he'll change the team quite dramatically in the in the next few weeks compared to what we saw in this game. It, did, it didn't work. I think Gale on the left of a three-pronged attack isn't really getting the best out of him. I think he has to devise a system where you've got Gale and and, and J-Rod sort of working a little bit closer together. He's got the wingers now, like you say, with Murphy and Montero coming in. I agree with Sam. Harperfield, two good young players, aren't they? With, With Barry in there. You can see the balance there but there's, there's quality to come in with your Hanson now in particular. They've got, they've got to use him.
2: He's an obvious one yeah. probably for Barry in there, isn't yeah. he? Because he hasn't yeah. got the legs to do that driving, running, but to be someone a little bit mm. more mobile, aggressive.
1: The centre-half is the one, though. They've brought in some really good players, West Brom, but, but no real massive upgrade at centre-half. And I think that is the continual problems at, at centre-half. They don't look quite right to me. And for that reason, even though Tony Poulis says they should be in the top two, which was quite a, <laughs> a nice little dig, I thought. Or, uh the final whistle, I don't think they will be in the top two because I don't think they, they've got that clean sheet mentality that you need. And
0: in terms of Middlesbrough, Pulis said uh, it wasn't any the sweeter, the win, given the, yeah, right. uh, the abuse <laughs> that he was getting. I don't think anyone believes that. Belonger, as we mentioned, came off the bench. Hasn't quite worked for him under Pulis since... since um, Asamble Longer came in from, from two-time European champions, Nottingham Forest, but if he, if he has a decent end to the season, yeah. he's almost got it within him, certainly, to get them into the playoffs and cement
1: that place he's on his own. He's got a bit he? of X-factor, hasn't he, Asamble Longer? He can, he can score goals out of nothing from mistakes, as we saw at the weekend. He's got a bit of pace. Score from outside the box as well as in it. I like him. I think that him and Hugo can have a really good partnership, actually, if, and this is the big if in capital letters, Tony Poulis... Is brave enough to go with a front two. We know that it's not really his thing, but it it was his thing at the end of that game when they were trailing. Took off Fry, st- stuck him on, went with two up top. It worked. Is he bold enough to do that against Leeds United? I, if he is, I think they can cause a, a fragile Leeds team's Quite a few problems, but but my hunch is that he'll revert back to type and, and play the cautious one. And just finally on these two, are they just a little bit behind
0: Leeds, Norwich and Sheffield United in terms of not having quite enough to make it an automatic
1: promotion charge? In my opinion, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sold on, Leed, uh, on Leeds and Norwich, to be honest. I know that Sheffield United keep knocking on the door, but, but I think the two best teams we saw head-to-head at the weekend.
0: A couple of games in brief I want to touch on, Sam. Blackburn go two up inside ten minutes of Brentford and lose 5-2. How does that happen?
2: It happens because you're playing against a team who have got some of the best attacking movement in a division and you've lost your two talisman. I think it's as simplistic as that. If you're playing in a team where you're heavily reliant on the quality of Dak, the target that Graham is getting balls into him maybe a little bit earlier to take those two players out of your team has a huge impact just because you know you get it forward and you have confidence they're going to create stuff so those two going off the timings of the goal as well ben rama to get back to 2-1 quite early on in the game what a spell he's having by the way yeah, probably good, their, yeah. their pick at the moment ben rama and then the nature of the the equalizing goal from watkins a long ranger that, that happens the third's are a horrendous goalkeeping mistake. And then momentum, the crowd's up, and then they can start playing those little triangles and, and what have you. And yeah, I mean, those players, canos Watkins, Mopai, they're all in really good form at the moment. There's a bit of a concern about Brentford because they've conceded five in the last two since they've gone to a back three. So that's a bit concerning moving forward. But no, they're, they're capable of doing that. They've been capable of doing that for the last three seasons, probably. Um, maybe Mokotjo and and Sawyer's back in tandem as well. Um, makes them a little bit more solid in that second half. So Now, Brentford are fantastic when they're at full flight.
0: Good old Thomas Franke, eh? he, he had it all along. Um, Adrian, Steve Bruce started with a winner Sheffield Wednesday, boss. I would suggest that this is the ideal fixture away to Ipswich. They haven't got that pressure of you, your first home game. Um, it was a narrow victory in the end, but, but perfect start. Uh,
1: yeah, narrow victory, but, but looking at the game and what I saw of it, it, it they battered Ipswich. It, it wasn't It wasn't a 1-0 game. It was a 3 or 4. It could easily have been 3 or 4 if they'd had their shooting boots. So, no, perfect start. Um, Clean sheets, not... Exactly actually been a regular occurrence at Sheffield Wednesday this season. So, so yeah, that's the place to start. I um, don't think Ipswich had the firepower to really hurt them. Yeah, 17 chances they created Sheffield Wednesday. So, I think they're going to be fine moving forwards. Reach will obviously be really relieved because he missed, <laughs> missed such a sitter. And then the assist I thought was fantastic from him. So, yeah, Reach has been excellent for Sheffield Wednesday this season. I think he, he got them the three points with that, that run across. cross. Uh, Sheffield United, meanwhile.
0: Sorry, Joe. saw off Bolton. <laughs> Scott Hogan, already proving an astute signing, Sam. There was a, a good shot on the highlights of this game of him warming up and then the next shot is of McGoldrick scoring and then Sharp scores. He, is it one of those where you just kind of think, OK, well, I've got to be on my toes now because this guy can come on and replace me?
2: Yeah, and they've got Medine and Dow now. It's, they've got better strength there. I don't think there's any doubt that they're the the front two. Sharp and McGoldrick, they've been fantastic their partnership recently. But yeah, it's like a bit Neil Warnock-esque, isn't it? Stockpiling strikers in Sheffield United teams of old. Um, uh, But they're looking fantastic and didn't play well at all, uh, according to to Chris Wilder. It was a really ugly victory. And and Billy Sharp, assist, very unselfish for a player of um, his kind of... Uh, I suppose how direct he is in front of goal. Normally he'll take that strike on, but squared it and um, obviously got himself a header as well. So
1: great in wasn't it for the header? Were, were you yeah. a bench? Were you a bench watcher as a player? Like, did you look and see whether the striker was warming up?
2: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You knew. Start of the second half. Yeah. If you had a poor first half, you yeah. knew those ten minutes at the start of the second half was so important. Every yeah. touch had to be secure. Massively. Otherwise, around about fifty-five, sixty. Wow. The third in line striker is getting warm
1: I only ever played for an an hour like I always I I planned for an hour because I was a winger like wingers it's always either number 11 or number 7 gets gets the hook first up so you can never assume you could have 90
2: you even knew it at half time (laughs) if the striker was told to go and get warm at half time he thought oh no 55 (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: I've
2: got 10 minutes to notch here
1: yeah but Hogan Hogan and Medin of course are on the bench as well so I think Wilder's done a really smart thing there in getting four proper strikers um, it's just, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with Sheffield United. I just, just feel even though they're a really good team quality wise, they're just a slight rung below Leeds and Norwich. But yeah, maybe they'll prove me wrong.
0: Uh, we ought to have a moment's quiet reflection for Nelson Oliveira's good looks. <laughs> Um, so he gets his face sliced open by the boot of Tyrone Mings as, as Reading and Villa draw nil-nil. Mings then tweets a half-hearted apology. He said, absolutely love wearing the claret and blue today and over the moon with the clean sheet, exclamation mark, at AVFC official. Feel awfully sorry to Oliveira. Hope he's OK. Uh, then somebody called him on it and he replied to them, no one feels worse than me. Uh, now, he's not going to get any punishment because apparently the referee saw it. He's got previous for this with Zlatan Ibrahimovic yeah, last yeah. season.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm sure you've seen it, yeah. Adrian. On the train down, I watched the GIF on repeat. <laughs> just, just I was really sure whether uh, you know I believed him or or not. I'm still, I still haven't got a clue. Is that is the bottom line? All I'll say is that he he is incredibly off balance at, at the time, and when when you're stumbling like that, I don't always know that if you can control. Um, your other your other foot. So I would be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know that Sam's not not as sold on on that as as I am. The the previous one I didn't think he meant either. Maybe I'm just yeah I, I, because it was never really in my head to go out and hurt anyone. It's just not in, in in my mindset really. I always think that that that's the case for everyone, and perhaps it's not.
3: Surely some uh, players go, well, most players go their entire career without standing on somebody's face. That's the And he's done it yeah. twice in a season.
2: That's the point I was going to make. Mm. E- even in training, I don't remember ever stepping on someone. Cue someone tweeting in who I played with at Northampton <laughs> in 2001. But no, I don't remember ever stepping on anyone. Dean Ashton summed it up, didn't he, on, on Saturday night and the highlights um, yeah. only he knows. Yeah. Uh, but it's happened a couple of times now. It's a horrendous in, in injury. Oh. The The thing is, it's... The, the reason it's confusing is because Tyro Mings is everything a footballer should be, really, off the pitch. I think he does a hell of a lot um, with with charities, etc. Came through in the non-league, um, come through from Chippenham, I believe. I've got to be careful because I know a few people in that part of the world, the manager and supporters, etc. But he's supposed to be a brilliant lad, so that's why it mm. confuses me a little bit. But, I mean, the injuries were horrendous.
1: On the tweet, we shouldn't judge him on the tweet because, first of all, if, if I'd have done that, I I think I wouldn't have wanted to sort of sound like I was incriminating myself either. Do you know what I mean? I I, I would have played it down as I hope it's okay. Obviously, but would obviously you not have said mean, horrible accident that happened today? Really sorry. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I would. I probably would have. But but it's. I don't think we should judge him solely on that. I don't think we can also uh, accuse it of being a completely hollow tweet. Um, I he was stumbling I think it was I think it was quite lucky. certainly wasn't a hollow tweet from uh, Mrs Oliveira <laughs> was, oh. what did she say I didn't see
0: it she, she was absolutely devastated <laughs> well, because her uh, gorgeous yeah. husband is no longer well, gorgeous
1: yeah I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as gorgeous as Oliveira clearly um, but it did happen to me not the same but uh, a player for Plymouth jumped uh, for a header went for a sort of a flick on and jumped his trajectory took, took him into my mouth um, so he came up from quite a low position into my the, my top lip and you can see I not it's obviously not good radio but I've got a, quite a, quite a big scar on my lip there and um, my lip was hanging off it was completely open and it was it was, yeah, it, was it was just horrendous I looked like the elephant man and uh, I think I've told this story before but in, I walked past Nathan Jones who was a left back at the time and he, he just laughed at me <laughs> He just, he just couldn't stop laughing as I walked off. Like He had absolutely no sympathy. Um it's but I, Christian no Christian of him. No, no not, <laughs> yeah. at all. not at all. We were good mates at the time. But yeah, I, I looked at him slightly differently after that. But I went into the dressing room and yeah, I, I, I caught sight of it. It was just it was horrible. And I got stitched up with, with no anaesthetic. Fair play to the doctor because it's not that bad now when you think about it. But at the time, for about two weeks, uh, my then girlfriend, she couldn't look at me. Um, On one side of my face, I looked normal. And on the other side, I I did look like the elephant man. So these things happen. Shall I top him? Yeah.
2: Uh, (laughs) I think I've told it before as well. Well, Dan Harding kicked two of my teeth out once in a uh, playoff semi-final Mm -hmm. against Brighton. Uh, And and did he apologise to you for it? I played with him about two or three years later and he's a great fella. So we just laughed about it, to be honest. And he wasn't that type of lad either, Dan. But that was pretty severe, similar one to, Mm -hmm. to Adrian, really. But the worst one was... Kicked in the face on a Friday by a Dutch trialist at Ipswich. And um, I've told it before, Joe Royal uh, used to drive a golf buggy around the training ground. So according to the lads afterwards, obviously I was in a bit of shock. It was coming, the blood was coming out like a shower from one hole and it was projecting out of the other hole. So Joe Royal got me on this um, golf buggy and took me back to the medical centre. And supposedly the girls were like diving for cover, the two that worked at reception. And you could visibly see my... Skull, as, as far as I know oh and I was very fortunate because the A&E was very very close to the Ipswich training ground it's a Friday by the way we're preparing for Sheffield Wednesday at home the next day hmm. um, our club doctor was working on the A&E so he got me in straight away and he was so meticulous with it and when it's hot or when I've been heading balls or something the scar's still evident but he's done an unbelievable job Incredible job! If I had have been rushed into an A and E, I probably would have looked a bit of a mess. But mm. I missed the night of the game the following day, mm. and then I played the following week, wrapped up like a mummy at Did Mil- they take
1: on the trialist? Uh
2: They were never seen again, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> two of them, two Dutch lads. Yeah, and it was you know when you go to just cushion. I went down to cushion the header back into midfield mm. to my midfield runner, and he just you know straight away I was just like. Uh, why a trialist like if it was Fabian Wilness or, or Jason DeVos it's... or whatever I would have just taken it <laughs> yeah. but not a bloke who's in for one day and one day only
1: yeah, but you know Colo Ture Arsenal by the way on a little tangent he got taken on by Arsene Wenger on the back of crunching everybody in training he absolutely leathered, leathered all of the players and uh, they were like well, who is this guy and I think it just impressed Wenger that he had the <laughs> He had the sort of uh, nerve to do it. Took him on and, uh, yeah, turned out to be decent. For both of you with those gruesome injuries, Mm. did it have a psychological effect when you go into
0: your next game? You can't just put that out of your mind, can you? Something that
1: horrific. It was pretty worse for Sam than me. I mean, your mouth, you just... No, I I kind of forgot about it. Um, But you... Obviously, you heading was a big part of your game. I'd imagine it was. Yeah.
2: it was fine. It healed so quickly. It healed within a week, ten days. And like I said, I played at Millwall the following weekend and scored from a Darren Curry, who's been flavour of the month on this show from one of his Curry degrees. Curry often is, isn't it? But I, I actually abandoned the. I actually abandoned the bandage halfway through the second half. But it was. At the time it was yeah, I was black eyed and um obviously I had the big scar down the forehead. It, it wasn't very pleasant, but yeah, fortunately the, the Ipswich Doctor I was th- on hand.
1: Yeah, I thought look, girls, they like a scar these days, don't they? I think <laughs> Mrs. Olivera should grow to love it. Sure. <laughs> Apologies to the squeamish for that last section.
0: Um <laughs> briefly hole two, Stoke Nil, Sam Vokes, Mr. pen on debut, fourth different player to do so for Stoke this season. They missed eight out of the last ten. It's a calamitous campaign. I think we've gotta we've gotta call it that. Odds wise, Joe what did Norwich winning do for the odds on the on the title winner?
3: Well, you won't be surprised to uh, to hear that Norwich are now favourites to win the title. Uh, they've overtaken Leeds; they're thirteen to eight, but Leeds just behind at seven to four. Uh, Sheffield United still clinging on, um, even though Adrian doesn't fancy them four to one to win the title.
0: Um, and a pretty interesting market would be the top scorer: Billy Sharp, and Tammy Abraham on nineteen, Timu Pukki eighteen abraham i'm gonna put him as the favorite
3: yep yep you're right there um it it's that this race for the the golden boot in this division is as tight as it is to win the title uh and to get promoted and as a result the uh the top three or four in the betting are, are really close tammy abraham two to one uh billy sharp threes timu puki fours and neil Morpay at five to one
0: All right, those are the big stories from the Championship next. Like a 34-year-old striker on a Bosman, we're dropping down a division to League One specifically.
4: Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded Coupon from William Hill, available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com and remember, when the fun stops, stop. League one, then
0: plenty of big results this weekend. Barnsley beating Scunthorpe, uh, Portsmouth and Doncaster drawing, Luton winning again, Sunderland picking up a big three points. Want to start there with Peter Brunel, Plymouth won. First home game back for Darren Ferguson. Not a a, a good result after uh, I'd watched them play at Bristol Rovers in midweek and they actually looked okay there. Lee Tomlin, Sam. Gets another red card, his fourth red in his last 21 posh appearances across two spells. Since joining them in 2010, he's been sent off seven times in 135 league appearances for the club. He's a player who could and maybe should be playing in the Premier League for Cardiff this season, but he mm. wasn't registered in their squad. Um, I saw him play for Forest last season. He looked okay, if, if like an Andy Reid light or, or an Andy Reid heavy. Um, has that end discipline in his career cost him? And And... Surely that's got to be on his mind It it might have done.
2: Um, I've noted down, well, I've put down Maverick, tortured genius. Um, (laughs) Is this
0: you or is this Lee Tomlin? This is Lee Tomlin. Right.
2: (laughs) I just think sometimes maybe the reason that he hasn't made it at these other clubs, it could potentially be down to discipline, but maybe because he finds himself back in League One and because it's his kind of happy place and he feels so relaxed there, maybe he gets away with it a little bit at Peterborough. Whereas you wouldn't at the higher level. And I think he just feels at home there. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that ill discipline comes out at times, if that makes any sense. He's obviously a very talented boy. He should be playing higher. And yeah, I think at the weekend age, I don't know what your take on it is, but I actually looked up the rulings yesterday about raising your arms in football because for me, he's acting as the peacemaker. Yes, there's a bit of force in the shove, but Ryan Edwards should be embarrassed. Should be absolutely embarrassed when he watches that back. Again, like Joe just said, you know, about stamping on players that I do in my career, I never went down like that during my career. I mean, even to get someone sent off, he should be yellow carded. Yes, Lee Tomlin probably put himself in the position to pick up his second yellow card, but I'd have liked to have seen the the Plymouth player booked as well.
1: No, uh, look, uh, very little to add on that. I would would have said exactly the same thing. Ryan Edwards, shameful, really. In no other situation in life would he have hit the deck there, (laughs) ever. Ever. Wouldn't he? I mean, it wasn't. It was just a little little hand in the face. I mean, it was he was, edi- he was an idiotic thing to do, wasn't it, from Tomlin on a yellow? But, but no, that's um, that's a player trying to get someone else sent off and it, it worked, didn't it? Not great from Tomlin. A word on Plymouth, though. I mean, blimey. If, if the league had started in sort of November, December time, they'd, they'd be in the shake-up for automatic promotion, wouldn't they? I looked at the form table, third across the last eight games. Brilliant. I think only Luton and Barnsley are above Plymouth. So that isn't a shocking result for Peterborough necessarily, certainly not with 10 men. So I wouldn't I wouldn't judge, judge Ferguson on, on that game. He's just come up against a Plymouth team that's that's found itself. And let's credit the manager there at Plymouth because he was under a lot of pressure, wasn't he? Mm. Arguing with the fans. So yeah, I remember yeah. sitting here a little bit like we did with Thomas Frank, thinking I don't know if there's any way back for him. Derek Adams has, has regalvanised the group. And uh, yeah, they are... Not in relegation, bother, even though the league table would tell you they are. Don't think they are.
0: Shrewsbury nil, Luton three. We mentioned uh, Mick Harford last week saying he doesn't want the job permanently. I'm not here, I'm not the long term fix for Luton Town manager. We're in the process of finding a new manager, but I'll carry on if they want me to. Effectively doing two jobs, retaining his director of recruitment role. It would be a mistake to bring somebody else in now, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, it's who you go and get. That, that's the million-dollar question. There's no one jumping out at me. They, what,
1: no one wants it now, do they? Not at the no. moment.
2: And they flirted <laughs> with, like... Obviously, they spoke about Ryan Lowe and Michael Flynn and Steve Robinson, former teammate of mine. Yeah, you just keep going. They're such a good side. And the reinforcements that they've been able to bring in as well. Mm. I mean, the bench the other day. Hilton, Moncur now, Jason Cummings, Baptiste. It's incredible, that's really, the, the squad that they've they've got. And, and Mick said that openly that they weren't at their best at the weekend, but a clean sheet... Another three goals. Collins in ridiculous form. I think he's got seven in the last four or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, they're in a great place. And, and interesting seeing Shrewsbury trying to match them up, which I thought was strange. It it made me think of a game at the back end of last season when Barnett did the same, mm-hmm. went to a diamond when they played at Kenilworth Road. And they don't get flustered by that Luton. they just stick to their principles and they find a way mm-hmm. to win. And they did it recently against Charlton as well shrewsbury and i just think if you haven't got as good of players as the team the opposition Mm. try something different Mm. you know play an extra man in midfield or play back five or something just do something to try and disable the team who are clearly superior so i think shrewsbury in a bit of trouble and without okanabiri who's had to wait for his opportunity this season i think five points better off they are because of his goals they could be really in the mire Mm
1: yeah Um Sheffield Wednesday by the way matched up Luton real sign of respect in the FA Cup replay that I was at Um but they have players that are just as good yeah, yeah, if course. not better and and it, and it kind of worked for them one thing I th- I'll I'll pray well, Mick Harford deserves praise for a lot of things he's doing but Kazinga Luar Luar is someone that he's shown a lot of faith in Nathan didn't particularly use him obviously he had his own his own favourites, and he, he was very much on the fringe. Loire Loire was excellent in the game I saw against Wednesday and has kicked on from there. Um, so, yeah, he's he's like a bonus player, really, for Luke. If he's the director of recruitment, Halford, then he can't complain about the <laughs> players that have been brought in.
0: Um, my eyebrows were raised slightly when they signed Jason Cummings because Peterborough couldn't get shot of him quickly enough, and Forrest didn't want him back. And, and the reasons for that are not footballing reasons. Uh, we hear, you know, we, I'm sure we all saw the video of him <laughs> trashing yeah. his flat. Somebody like that could potentially upset the the harmonious dressing room that seems to be there. Seems it seems a strange one to do at this time of the season for the team top of the league.
2: Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think I think he's probably a good lad. I've seen, obviously, all the social media bits and bobs, but the lads I know that have played with him, I think that they really all like him. I think he's a bubbly character. Uh, Mick's, Mick will be tough on him, and he's a different type of striker. To Hilton and Collins have had great success, but they're very similar. It reminds me, when I played... Alongside Tommy, Tommy Mooney, we were very similar, both balled as a coot, um, <laughs> but just attack balls in the box, decent hold-up players. Jason Cummins will give them something a little bit different, off the shoulder, little diminutive striker, I think it's a good bit of business. And, you know, Monker and Baptiste as well, the experience mm. that, that he brings in particular.
0: That's a follicly challenged man, you might know, I've always wondered, what is a coot? Oh no no idea. <laughs> no, nor have I. So like borders are cute, don't you? Absolutely clueless. Uh anyway, tweeters at the Totally Show. Sunderland 1 0 uh, against Wimbledon. Just the one goal for the eighth league game in a row. Adrian, is, is Will Grigg the answer to, to uh, finding the net a bit more frequently for them? Uh, it
1: could be. Yeah, it's not really happened for, for Charlie Wyke, has it? Um I think he got he got the hook again in this game. Will Grigg. It's a big investment actually. I thought I thought the fee was quite high, four four million. It's not. I know that Wigan was sad to lose him, but but no, I think he he will potentially make the difference between them going up or not. Uh, it's by no means a guarantee they'll get top two and the playoffs. I will tell you what, the standard of this season's League One playoffs is going to be outstanding, much better than last season in my, in my view. Um, so so yeah, they they will need all the goal scorers that they can get. They didn't play well in this game, awful by all accounts, but. But they ground it out and they, it could turn out to be a crucial at three points. Aidan McGeady, by the way, he far too good. I think in the Championship he would be seen as one of the, the top performers. So, yeah, he's definitely at the wrong level, but clearly enjoyed himself and there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Sam Jack Ross can't have any complaints about uh, recruitment as far as Sunderland are concerned. Obviously, they lost Magic, but but the players that they've bought in this month. Ought to be enough to well certainly get a playoff place, but but maybe threaten the top two as well.
2: Yeah, the goals are a concern. They they have to be. Um, Lewis Morgan came in from St Mirren, had a really good debut by all accounts, and um, he did fantastic for Jack Ross up at St Mirren, player he knows well. What a first loan for Sterling from from Tottenham. Obviously yeah, an unknown yeah. quantity in the league, but mm. I mean what a first loan to get to the stadium alight. Griggy, spoken about Griggy so often on this show. Brilliant lad, talent. I never ever foresaw him having this type of career. Uh, He's exceeded my expectation of him, but he's a goal scorer and at that level he is proven. So he should hit the ground running, but it's got to be a concern. It's got to be a concern, the lack of goals. But that said, they got that elusive clean sheet that they've been looking for at the weekend. Hard-fought victory, No game's easy at that level uh, and Wimbledon do make it difficult for teams. So I think, yeah, they're going to be playoffs minimum, but I think they're just short of challenging those other teams that we've already spoken of or I'm sure we're going to come on to.
0: And as for Wimbledon, nine points from safety. One would assume no way back for them. A big update from uh, guest producer Jeremy Coots water birds whose heads have the appearance of baldness. This doesn't refer to the lack of feathers on the bird's head, but to their white uh, markings. Bald has several meanings, one of which is streaked or marked with white. It's a yellow for me not knowing what it is and using the phrase, isn't it? It's poor. Uh, Briefly, Adrian, Barnsley up to second after Uh, beating Scunny 2-0. Well done, Mr. Stendhal, but more arrested development for Portsmouth held at home by Doncaster. You you, you sort of think that that Barnsley uh, are peaking at the right time and Pompey are running out of gas a little definitely, bit definitely
1: yeah I mean barnsley just a word on them what What a young super fit sort of energetic team that they've built there with, with Daniel Stendel. so yeah um, Joe Crilly and the, the team at William Hill have been backing them the whole way through haven't they even though probably we've had our doubts at, at one stage or another but they, they and Luton look look the two at the moment don't they brilliant going forward uh, 21 shots to 5 against Scunthorpe who are one of the form teams in League 1 they absolutely you know put them to bed no bother at all excellent performance yeah Pompey it's just it's all gone a bit pear-shaped but a little bit like Sheffield United they've stocked past strikers so um, yeah and, and it paid off for them didn't it at the weekend with Vaughan and Bogle involved in their goal So so Portsmouth I think will definitely be in the playoffs but but maybe their top two hopes are gone now. What do you think, Sam Pompey?
2: I'm seeing them tonight in the replay at QPR, and it was a disappointing first game. Had a suspension and a few players injured as well. I think it's the midfield. That's the big problem for them. It was Donahue and Naylor against QPR in that first tie, and we spoke about how much they're missing Ben Thompson, and I think thats that's gone back to Mill. I think that is a massive problem for them, now that they've um, got the options at the top end of the pitch. Uh, I think that that is the balance they have to get right and someone to get after the ball and and win the ball back because I didn't see that in those two players I've just mentioned Um, and they took the lad from from Shrewsbury Bryn Morris who made his debut at Luton's now injured I think he could be the answer but that is the problem area for me at the moment got goals to carry them through now but midfield an issue
0: Joe, in terms of the odds, we're all pretty certain that Luton are going to be in the Championship next season. Who else are amongst the favourites to go up following this weekend?
3: Yeah, so promotion, uh, Luton are 1-7, so you'll bang on the money there. Uh, Barnsley, 1-2 to two second favourites, Sunderland 8-13. to 13. But um, I think Sunderland should perhaps be a slightly shorter price given that they have so many games in hand. Um, I know the old cliche is you'd prefer points on the board rather than games in hand, but you can easily see Sunderland winning two, maybe three or picking up seven points from those games in hand, which would put them right on Luton's coattails. Um, if you're going a little bit further down in the promotion market, if there's anybody who could sneak in, um to two for promotion, Doncaster nine to two, and then it's a, a big leap to Peterborough who who have been pushing hard up until a few weeks back then have fourteen to one to go up.
0: And in terms of the bottom, I mean Throw a blanket over any number of clubs, I suppose. There's six points between South End in 12th and, and third bottom Oxford.
3: Yeah, um, Wimb- Wimbledon are as good as gone. Uh, they're one to 14 to go down. But then every other team is odds against. Bradford and Gillingham both 11 to 10. Bristol Rovers and Rochdale both seven to four. Plymouth two to one. I mean, we're just going up in half point increments here. Uh, Shrewsbury Walsall nine to four. Oxford United three to one. Scunthorpe four. So it's incredibly tight as the league table suggests the betting is also very tight
1: on, on sunderland's fixtures i've just had a look and um, they play from teams if we are counting south end as being part of the relegation mix 10 of their last opponents are from south end downwards so you can look at that two ways you can look at that as if they're easy fixtures or they'll be up against teams that have got an awful lot to play for
0: all righty we're on the home stretch now don't go too far there we'll be chatting league two next A reduced schedule in League Two as four games fell victim to Snowmageddon, or as it used to be known, winter. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the Paul Tisdale derby. X to three, MK Dons won. A rough return for the well-dressed one, Sam. Four defeats in five for Dons, only in the playoff places by a single point. Is he starting to think maybe I picked the wrong job or MK starting to think maybe we picked the wrong guy to try and get us back up? It's a pretty spectacular fall-off. Well, I think first and
2: foremost, we're going to have to admit defeat on MK Dons. We were, you know, I, I thought they were one of the two best teams in the division along with, with Lincoln and it's going to be a scramble now for them. I think there's a few things, not transpired against them, but a few issues. Jordan Moore-Taylor, another... A former teammate of mine, brilliant lad, used to pick me up and ferry me around from the station. He's been missing through injury. He's been the linchpin of that back three, I think, throughout the season. Healy going back to, to Cardiff, I spoke about last week as well. And Anike's been struggling with a bit of a niggle. I think there's a few issues there um, moving forward for Portisdale and the lack of activity. I know Hesketh came in late on in the window, but I think they needed probably bolstered in a few more areas just to give him a little boost. I don't know, it was funny seeing Paul Tisdale like that after the game because he was obviously very disparaging about um, this team's performance but also the pitch at Exeter. I don't think he meant it in that way because it was a conversation I've heard him have quite a lot of time. You know, this is League Two football chaps. You need to play a certain way. If the facilities are like this, if the weather's like this, you have to go long or you have to do this he wouldn't do that about a club he knows so well and about people that he knows so well the ground staff and people like that he wouldn't have been disrespectful that's just the way you know he he looks at the um, the variables in in every fixture so I think maybe too much has been read into that
0: but it felt a bit like he was reaching a bit Adrian Mm. to me I mean it's winter football. There's a low sun. There's very little opportunity
1: to play football. They've got to get a lot more streetwise. Yeah. It's just
2: the way. He, it's just the way. He I, think so.
1: I think so. I think so. I do agree with Sam. But the I don't think he should bury his head in the sand in terms of the, the group that he's got. Are they Are they willing to tough it out? Because League 2 isn't just about playing nice football and knocking it around on at stadium MK where the surroundings are lovely. It's not just about that. And they do have a reputation, not just this year, MK Dons, of being the kind of team that don't, don't really fancy it. And their waveform has been, been quite poor the last few years. It's, it's, it's fallen off a cliff this season when the going gets tough. Are they up for it or not? I think that's the big question mark, I would I would imagine. I mean, what's Tisdale like in that regard? Will he, will he fire a few up? Will he, be, will he be strong enough to bin off a few characters if he thinks they're soft touches? Because from the outside looking in, that's how it's beginning to look.
2: Maybe not Paul Tisdale himself, but within his team, yes. I think Danny Butterfield... Uh, Is someone, Matt Oakley, maybe not, but Danny Butterfield would be someone that would have a few words. And Steve Perryman's obviously involved as well. Mm. I don't know what Steve's involvement is now, I wouldn't want to say, but Mm. at Exeter, when things were particularly bad, uh, quite often it was (laughs) called for Steve and he would let you know in no uncertain terms. He pretty much ended my career, Steve. (laughs) But um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just it was just strange just seeing that after the game because I think people looked at it that he was having a go at Exeter. I didn't read into it that that was the case.
0: But we should give some, some praise to your Definitely. old Club Exeter too. Yeah. Only behind MK on goal difference now up to seven. Yeah,
2: yeah, and after losing Stockley as well. Uh, so that's a huge result and pressed really high. Obviously still felt that, Exeter, uh, that MK Dons were going to try and play. That's probably what Tiz is getting at shouldn't have done so should have been a bit more forceful within their football so you have to credit them and there's a lovely well I was going to say a nice balance between youth and experience there's a lot of experienced players in that Exeter team now in Fort and uh, and Moxie and and Law as well so Archie Collins is a young lad who's getting rave reviews but no, a fantastic result for them, and they've put themselves right into contention.
1: Yeah, no, no, Boateng, of course, who's been their their, their driving force in midfield as well as Stockley. So I, I, think, brilliant across the last eight games, only one team has got more points than Exeter across eight games. So this this wasn't a fluke result; it's been coming. That, that's Carlisle, by the way. So um, Exeter, they've had that little wobble, and now now they're back again. Speaking of little wobbles,
0: Notts County won, Lincoln Mm. City won. New Notts signings, Stubbs, Rose, McHale-Smith and in particular Michael Doyle impressing for the bottom side. They're seven points from safety. They've only won four of their 30 games. It still looks like an awful long way back for for Neil Ardley's team. Uh, He was full of praise for Alan
1: Hardy for getting some players in in short time. Mm. Can they stay up? Well, they can. Yeah, it's... it's have they left it too late for the revamp? Well, I guess they couldn't revamp it before January. Um, was it seven of his eight January recruits played? So it's a new team. It's a team that's not scarred by the the stinkers of the season so far. And that's really, really important, isn't it? I think Doyle is a great signing because he is a manager on the pitch. I know it's a boring old cliche, but he really is. Quite surprised that they managed to get him out of, of Coventry. So well, well done on that. I was interested to, to see that they had a couple of young centre halves the two the two regular centre backs who have had a tough season as Duffy and Brisley completely out of the squad for this weekend and Sam Stubbs got got great reviews he's only 20 from Middlesbrough and um, so he's putting his faith in a couple of young centre halves so yeah we'll see how they go Knox County it's a mountain to climb though as
0: for Lincoln, Sam, uh, their supporters brought inflatable penises <laughs> for the day, uh, but it was John Akindi who cocked up with a penalty miss. Um, they're getting a bit twitchy. Successive draws, Mansfield breathing down their necks. It's not looking as nailed on as it as it once did.
2: No, not for me, no. I think they're the, the, the best squad. Now they've... Uh... Got a few additions in. John Akinde scored some important penalties this year. That's how he takes his penalties. Yeah. You know, anyone who's having a go at him doesn't know football. Mm. He's, um, I think he's got he's missed four in sixty in his career or something along those lines. So mm. the Cowley's know how important he's been to them. I, there's been a little bit of criticism from the Lincoln supporters, but I think that's because Matt Reed's such a hero up there mm. that 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 focal point is always the one who gets a bit of abuse. God, I know it. Um, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no problem with him missing that. I was interested in the penalty, because it was um, Stubbs who gave it away yeah. on Andrade. I think Andrade was really clever with it. Mm. Uh, he stepped across uh, the Notts County defender. I thought it probably is a penalty, but again, yeah. it's not something that I would have done. It's something that's creeped in uh, to the modern game. But no, I think Lincoln will be absolutely yeah. fine. I just wanted to say on Notts County, actually, Forest Green away, Mansfield at home, the next two. So, They've
0: got a terrible record against Mansfield. and
2: And after that, they only play... One of the, they play three of the top seven. I know you've got to play everyone, but in the last 14, three of the top seven and only one away, Carlisle. So I think this next two games is really important for Notts County because of um, Morecambe and Macclesfield have got winnable fixtures. If they don't pick up anything from these next two games, I think the, the
0: mountain's too high. Um, another top v bottom game. Uh, Field Mill, I know that's not the, the name these days, but, but it's Field Mill to me, always will be. Uh, Mansfield v. Macclesfield. Mansfield win it again. Adrian, you mentioned Tyler Walker and his late goals. Yeah. So I looked it up. 14 of his
1: 16 in the league this season have come after half time. It's incredible, yeah. And, and get this, 8 of his 16 in the final 15 minutes. Eight, half of his goals this season have come in the final 15 minutes of games, which, which shows... Is that just his superior fitness? No, I don't think he's that much fitter than anybody else. He's obviously he's a sharp front player, isn't he? That could, uh, when defenders are tiring, maybe he gets more opportunities. Uh, I guess that's that's where it, where it's happening. It just surprises me because a lot of the time, a lot of managers take off strikers, don't they? Freshen things up towards the end of games. I always think that's a bit daft when you you've got real predators in your team because when defenders are tiring, that's when they. Often come good, isn't it? So, um, so fair play to to Flickcroft for for sticking with Walker in so many games because it's paid off for them. Yeah, I wonder if maybe he would
0: have been a better bet for Martin O'Neill than, than Leo Bonatini if if they could have possibly recorded. <laughs> um, Sam Port Vale got a new boss. John Askey replaces the departed Neil Aspin. Uh, that relationship sadly ended pretty pretty sourly for for somebody who was a legend at Vale as a player. Uh, Askey was a former Vale youth player. He got Macclesfield up last season, but then struggled to adapt. To League Two, is it slightly surprising that he's he's gone back into another League Two club?
2: Mm, it's a really difficult one. I suppose the Shrewsbury one—you have to look at that and say that was a very difficult task to take over after what Paul Hurst had done last season. Massive overhaul of players, lost so many, brought in sixteen, mind you, and they did spend a considerable amount of money—six hundred and fifty thousand, I think—they did uh, last summer. But it just didn't really happen for Much Shrewsbury, and it didn't sound like it was for the. Really, the style of football, the brand of football didn't sound too bad bad at Shrewsbury. It was more, I think, his demeanour, the way that he fell out with the supporters and also the local press. Once that happens with the supporters, I felt there was only going to be one winner. It may be a better fit, you know, going into League One from being a National League manager, now being at League Two, safe pair of hands maybe till the summer. It's only a short-term contract, which really surprises me. But it says to me that they're probably going to take stock again in the summer uh, and maybe make a different appointment. Probably less risky bringing in a John Askey now rather than going with Danny Pugh, Michael Tong. I don't know if Tong, he wants to be a manager. He's a bloody great lad. But something like that probably would have been too much of a risk. Someone who knows the lower leagues and is a local guy potentially could do them till the summer. But yeah, it's a difficult one.
0: Joe, in terms of the odds for relegation then from uh, League 2, from william hill presumably nots are you know odds on who else is in and around as
3: they say yeah Knotts county one to six to go down but they were one to seven last <laughs> week so that uh that that point has has moved them uh moved their price in a little bit uh, macclesfield four to five to go down um Port Vale, sam said they'll be fine the odds suggest that they'll be fine as well. They're 12 to 1, so that makes them seventh favourites to go down. Morecambe, really, at 2 to 1, if you're going by the odds, are the the only team uh, that will replace one of Notts County or Macclesfield. They're 2 to 1, and then there's quite a gap until Yeovil at sixes. And in terms of promotion? Uh, promotion, Lincoln, still odds on uh, to win the title uh, at 10 to 11, massively odds on to go up. Mansfield the same, Bury the same. MK Don still uh, slightly odds on uh, at 8-11, to 11, uh, with Forest Green 5-4, to four, Carlisle 3-1 to one, and Colchester 4s.
0: Let's have a look at some of the weekend's games then, starting with the Friday night fixture in the Championship. Villa against Sheffield United. Win for Sheffield United here, they actually go top on goal difference ahead of the weekend's yeah.
1: games. They've kind of snuck up from nowhere. Great incentive, isn't it, for them? It really is. And, and Villa's home form... Not exactly been sensational, has it? So, so it's an opportunity, in and Villa, a real test for their their new centre back pairing, Elphick and Meings, would they be able to handle Sharpe and McGoldrie I'm assuming it'll be Sharpe and McGoldrick. They've got the luxury now; they can mix things up. But yeah, look, if Sheffield United can go to Villa Park and win, that they all start believing in the in the way that Norwich, definitely believe now that they can go up I think that the Blades fans will will get such a lift in the players as well if they can go to Villa and win I, I just got a feeling that Villa on home turf Abraham loves a goal doesn't he in front of the whole end I, I think Villa might might turn it on in this one
0: And In terms of the game we touched on Sam Middlesbrough against Leeds a tough assignment given that Borough have got back to winning ways mm. um, is Bielsa going to tell us his team in his <laughs> pre-match press conference is he going to change it up a bit? I don't know.
2: It's it's funny, isn't it, to think maybe all this um, Spygate stuff has maybe just hindered them a little mm-hmm. bit in the last few weeks. Um, they won't want a sixth defeat in eight, obviously. Just after that big heavy defeat at West Brom early on in the season, that's when they went on their brilliant run and um, stopped conceding goals. Well, they're shipping too many at the moment and we've spoken about a few of the reasons. Probably the personnel uh, and maybe getting Phillips back into that holding midfield role. So, there are some changes that I would probably make if I was all of a sudden Leeds manager. Be interested to see if Bielsa does
0: likewise. If we look into League One, Bristol Rovers against Shrewsbury, big big game at the foot of the table, just days after the Shrews will have had their FA Cup replay at Molyneux. So so I guess Bristol Rovers will fancy their chances of maybe capitalising on any fatigue there might be there.
2: Yeah, that's something that comes into play now. I think it's gonna be uh, an interesting factor at the top end of some of the divisions as well cup football coming in Bristol Rovers got a good win at South Southend uh, Tom Nichols seems to be finding a little bit of form uh, Liam Sercombe, who was linked with a move to Pompey back amongst the goals so yeah it's not been the best start for Graham Coughlin but a really morale boosting victory there
1: Yeah, I like the look of uh, Plymouth against Portsmouth is it what can you call that? The, the, dockyard the Dockyard Derby. The Dockyard Derby, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, is it the Dock Derby? Um I've never heard of that actually. Um, but look, yeah, we talked about Plymouth earlier. Form team, just a <laughs> massive test for Portsmouth as they I actually think a draw at home to Doncaster given the the recent run Pompey have been on is isn't bad. Can they can they back that up and beat Plymouth, I wonder? In terms of League Two, the game that, that caught my eye is um Fair
0: old trip for anybody who's making it as a way supporter. Carlisle versus Exeter, two playoff contenders. Carlisle pretty pretty strong at home, as we know.
1: Uh, can you make a case for Exeter there? Uh, yeah, I, the, we just said that there. There's only one team I think above them in the form table, and that's Carlisle. So, so this is this is a real clash of the times. I played in this fixture, actually. No, the reverse fixture. I played for Carlisle. At Exeter. It so is, that, that's is, five hours, 26 minutes down the m Yeah, it was longer than that. Uh, yeah, it was longer <laughs> than that on a Friday, let me tell you. Um You, you could almost not double the journey time on a Friday, but but obviously that's when you travel if you stay overnight. And yeah, regular seven, eight hour journeys on, on Fridays. For, What's uh, that like? Uh, Horrible, presumably. You can't have a couple of beers the night before the game to make it <laughs> no, pass a no, bit quicker. Can't. No, it's, it's, it's horrible if you're in the card school and you're having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> every other week at Exeter. <laughs> yeah.
2: Eight o'clock at the training ground it used to be every Friday morning, pretty much. Every other Friday morning yeah. for an away trip. But there was a good waitrose at the first services. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you do get to know the service stations travelling up and down the country, that's for sure. I um, had, had a few warm-ups in service stations, coordinated sort of stretches. Embarrassing, yeah. It's just, no need, it's the,
3: it's the type of journey that they stick clam on the bus with the fans, <laughs> isn't it? On the way down, <laughs> Didn't so Macca, I think
1: Macca. Mean. I think Ian McIntosh of these parts has, has done he has done that a kind Carlisle of journey, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, seriously, Sam Waitrose,
2: yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know what do you want the services, it might have been uh, Gordana.
0: No, that's one of the ones around. I know, I know you you're, you're a Bit of a hipster, I thought Waitrose might be a, a bit too. <laughs> I just posh remember
2: Aaron, Aaron Davis, who I don't think Aaron's playing anymore. He was a good, he was at um, Forest, wasn't at they, Forest Aaron? yeah, from Yeovil. Um, about 10 o'clock in the morning, used to come on with sushi. That used to raise a few eyebrows, by the way. That was out hipstered me. But the extra way trips were good because, um, very in keeping what I've told you about Paul Tisda probably on this show, we used to have a lot of homemade cakes on that bus, but so the, the full, not cupcakes or anything. Like full Victoria sponges for after your training, you know, on the Friday, if you'd stop where I'm on route, you'd have um, everyone getting weighed into cakes and what have you, and then you'd roll up at some five-star resort as well. So that's where all the all the uh, the budget used to go at Exeter.
0: Did Paul Tisdale make the cakes? <laughs> I think
2: I don't know who made the cakes. certainly Louise the kit woman used to make them sometimes but Tiz used to partake in them after training definitely have a nice big slice at the front but he might have made the odd one
0: yeah and Victoria Sponges, is your go to uh, it's my
2: go to yeah, yeah but there used to be a variety yeah
0: Adrian, in terms of a cake, I, I'll, oh, what I would. I I'll peg you as a kind of lemon
1: drizzle man. I would love a lemon drizzle. Yeah, um, big fan of of most cake varieties, I have to say. Um, but yeah, lemon drizzle um, or a good carrot cake, not not an average one. I think I, I'd prepare to spend uh, a little bit extra on a quality carrot cake.
0: <laughs> That's insight. Follow that,
1: Caroline. Uh, she'll be back from her
0: Super Bowl sojourn next week. She promises not to refer to the act of keeping the ball out of the net as defense. Keep in touch with us via at the Totally Show. We'll be back next week.
4: You've been listening to The Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season, The Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats.